0: Hi there, you are listening to the Guitar Speak podcast. My name's Matt Wakeling, and this is the show that I produce in my hometown of Sydney, Australia, where I speak to leading guitar players from all around the world. Thank you so much for joining me. Now, today I speak to one of the absolute legends of the global guitar community, and that is Albert Lee. Now, Albert has carved out an incredible career. As a sideman, he's worked alongside people such as Emmy Lou Harris, Cindy Cashdollar, uh, the Beverly Brothers, the Crickets, and the one and only Eric Clapton. Now Clapton is quoted as saying Albert Lee is the greatest guitar player in the world. So I asked Albert about that, and that's a fun part of the conversation. We also talk about Albert's long-standing relationship with Music Man Guitars, his love of Fender Amps, and much, much more. Now, this episode is brought to you by Fretboard Biology, the comprehensive online guitar course put together by our friend Joe Elliott. Now, Joe was the head of the Guitar Institute of Technology, the head of guitar there, as well as at the McNally Smith College of Music, so he knows his business when it comes to teaching guitar. Here's a few words from Joe.
1: You're tired of waiting through hundreds of random guitar videos and just want to become a better player. Fretboard Biology is your answer. Fretboard Biology is a self-paced, college-level program that will give you the right instruction, in the right amounts, and in the right order. You'll learn the same information I taught to thousands of other guitar players over 30 years of teaching in top music colleges. If you want to make real progress with your guitar playing, then sign up for a free 7-day trial at fretboardbiology.com.
0: Alright, there you go. Now, I was one of the beta testers for Fretboard Biology and so I know firsthand that it's a beautifully paced and delivered course and I'm super happy to have Joe Elliott and his team from Fretboard Biology on board as sponsors. Okay, let's jump into our interview with Albert King. This was originally published on the Guitar Speak podcast in 2018 leading up to the Sydney Guitar Festival. And uh, the appearance of the Albert Lee Band. All right, let's jump straight in. Albert Lee, welcome to the Guitar Speak podcast.
1: Oh, my pleasure. Thank you,
0: <laughs> Albert. We're uh, we're really looking forward to you touring Australia um, in August. I know this is your first tour here in around ten years, but it's certainly not uh, your first trip to Australia.
1: Oh no, I've been, I've been coming quite a bit over the years, maybe a dozen times but uh, yeah it's been a it's been a, a little while since I was since I was down there so I'm looking forward to it yeah fantastic hey i was just listening
0: to your latest album live at the iridium that was released a little bit earlier this year and um and it finds you and your band in in such great form
1: oh thank you yeah um uh i don't uh, I'm just trying to think who's on that <laughs> it won't be the same musicians but sure. they, they'll they'll be they'll be just as good <laughs> uh I, I, and i I plan to bring my uh, the American band down with me, but the drummer can't make it, so I'm I'm bringing uh, uh, a drummer I work with uh, in England, you know. So it's a it's it's a mixture. Okay, cool. So, uh, but you know, but well, you know, I've worked with these these guys for a while now, so you know, it'll, it's going to be it's going to be fun. Fantastic. And they're looking forward to it too, of course.
0: Oh, but you're almost heading into your 6th decade as a professional guitar player. What what keeps driving you to keep recording and performing?
1: Uh, well, um I'm, I I feel fortunate that I I can still play and uh and I've always been able to play because I've always or I've always been able to work. You know, I think in some respects uh uh, if I'd if i been uh, like a, a household name, you know, in some super group, uh, you know, my playing might have suffered. Uh, you know, I think a lot of those guys just don't play every day. They don't need to, you know. <laughs> but uh, I've, uh, you know, n- never a week doesn't go by without me having to play somewhere, you know. So, uh, w- which, you know, keeps me uh, in fine fettle, I like to think. <laughs>
0: Definitely. Definitely, like I said, listening to that record, um, yeah, there's as much verve and, and joy in those licks as, as I've ever heard.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, I enjoy it. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be going to be good.
0: Now, your your
1: breakout hit as a,
0: a solo artist was, of course, Country Boy, which came out in 1975. Now, that's been um, been said to redefine country guitar playing for for you know a new generation of players, people like Ricky Skaggs, who of course covered it later in his career how do you feel about being such an influence on on a whole generation of players uh well,
1: it was quite an honor really you know to be uh um you know coming from england and uh, I, I get asked uh, often they say well how did you get in the country and i said well it really it, it wasn't uh, any more unusual than uh you know a british guy get, getting into the blues really sure. it was something i like to listen to and uh I became uh, quite good at, at it, and uh, and to be able to go to America and be accepted by, um, you know, such great players over there, you know, that that was uh, icing on the cake, really. You know, I think they liked my approach because I I, I was I was playing their country music with a, a bit more of a rock and roll, you know, British rock and roll mm-hmm. edge, yeah. and. Uh, so, uh, um, you know, I, I was, you know, certainly well received when I, when I got to, got to LA and, uh, and it's and remained so. It's been great. You know, a lot of, there are a lot of players out there who play, play like me now, you know, which is, uh, it, you know, that's an honor too, really. You can tell, well, I can tell when I listen to certain guys I say, well, I think they've, I think they've listened to me. And, uh, but, but you know, I I listen to a lot of American players, and uh, I can hear influences all all the, the the players I grew up with. You know, so we just uh, we pass it pass it on. You know, pass on the torch. You know.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. Interesting you say when you were when you went to America. So that's the mid seventies, I believe. Is that right?
1: That's right. Yeah. Well, I started touring in the early seventies with a band called Head, to, Head to Hands and Feet and uh and then you know i was the band broke up but some of us stayed there and and then i ended up with the crickets buddy holly's old band the crickets and and through them got to meet some of my heroes my other heroes you know and and the longer i stayed in la the the you know the bigger foothold i was able to uh make you know and uh and it, when I, jo- I joined Emmylou in 1976, I realized at that point that I was, well, this is it now. I'm playing with a uh, with an American band that's really uh, going somewhere. She just done a second album, and so uh, it was um, it was just uh, great to be, uh, uh, you know, to make that move. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Well, she's an institution. Yeah. I mean, speaking of other American institutions, you ended up being the music director for the Everly Brothers when they did their reunion tour. Tell me about that.
1: Uh, yeah, well, actually, I'll get that. That does get quote, quoted uh, now <laughs> and again. I, I wasn't, I wasn't really the musical director. You know, in fact, the band they put the band together. Fortunately, they both chose me to be the guitar player, but uh, they picked the other musicians. Uh, well and uh and we were all very familiar with the music, you know, we grew up with it and uh and you know, we'd we we'd be rehearsing and then we put on the record and listen to it and say, Oh yeah, I remember that, yeah and it would all fall into place. There mm-hmm. wasn't really uh, there wasn't really any moment where, you know, say Oh no, well you do that and you do this, you know, everybody really had a, a feel for the music and, and it just fell into place. Mm-hmm.
0: How about the Eric Clapton geek? He spent around five years uh, playing beside Eric and singing in, in his band. Tell me about that.
1: Oh yeah, well we we we've been friends for a few years. We met in the early in the mid '60s in London, mm-hmm. playing the same circuit when he was with John Mayall and I was with a guy named Chris Farlow. So uh, you know I'd, I'd see a lot of him, and you know, we got became friends. And then uh, and then he formed uh, Cream and uh, I'd run into him occasionally, you know, and uh, I guess it was a few years later that I did get to finally uh, spend some time with him, and that was in England. I was, he was uh, uh, involved in an album of an American singer named named uh, Mark Beno, and uh, they suggested that I, m- I might be good on the record too, you know, so I did a more or less a whole week in the studio with Eric and at the end of which he said hey he said uh I've just the last tour I did I didn't have a a second guitar player and uh do you you know do you want to come out on the road and I said well well uh sounds great you know in fact my first record had just just about to be released and uh, I thought what well, and I didn't know what to do at that time. I thought, what well, do I get back with Emmy Lou? Do I put a band together or what, what do I do? And then, and of course I had the offer from Eric and I thought, well, this, I'll do this for a while. This should, should be fun. Uh-huh. And, uh, he actually fired the whole band off after the first tour and, um, uh, and retained me. And then, uh, couple of years later he had an english band and fired all those guys and and still I was able to hang on to my gig you know but but uh, yeah after so it came as no surprise when he let me go after 5 years right. you know cause he, he was um he was going through some uh, health things and i think you know uh, uh, but you know we're still good friends and i've done the crossroads concerts with him and other you know, a couple of other things. So we're we're still good, still good mates. You know,
0: great, great. Yeah, he uh he certainly name checks you as, as one of the the greatest guitar players in the
1: world, indeed. So no, no doubt. Uh, well, do yeah, that that's you? another that's another quote that I I, <laughs> I uh, it makes me cringe a little bit because really? uh, yeah well I, I don't I don't think it's the kind of thing you would have said. In, in fact, I did uh, ask him about it one time i said I right. i said eric i really have to apologize I, I keep seeing this quote about you saying that i'm the best guitar player in the world you know and i said you know i said i know you wouldn't say that because i you know that we all know there there is no greatest guitar player in the world There every there's so many styles and and uh you know we cover so much ground you know and, uh, you know, he, uh, jokingly, you know, with a twinkle in his eye, he said, well, I might have said it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just left it at that, you know. <laughs> but I know he has said some nice things about me, and uh, I'm I'm very grateful for that, of course.
0: Okay, I hope you are enjoying the interview with Albert Lee. After the break, we're going to talk all about Music Man guitars, Fender amps and much more. But in the meantime, I need to let you know today's episode is brought to you by Fretboard Biology, the comprehensive online guitar course put together by Joe Elliott and his team. Joe Elliott, former head of guitar at Guitar Institute of Technology in Los Angeles, so you know he knows what he's talking about when it comes to professional guitar tuition. All the information in the course is the same kind of stuff Joe would teach at GIT preparing musicians for a professional career as guitar players. Check it out. The links are in the show notes for Fretboard Biology. Okay, back to our interview. You've had an incredible career as a sideman. I read uh, somewhere that that you were reluctant to front your own band, though. Is that true?
1: Oh, uh, I was at the beginning, yeah. Um, I didn't start singing on stage until about... 10 or 15 years after I started playing and, uh, I started to feel comfortable with it. And then I was with heads, hands and feet in the early seventies. And, uh, uh, I used to, I was one of the, one of three singers. Uh, and, uh, you know, when I was with Amy Lou I'd sing a song or two. When I was with Eric, I'd sing a song or two, but it was, um, it was in the 80s, really, that uh, a friend of mine in England, uh, Jerry Hogan, he used to run a steel guitar festival and uh, he called me in L.A. and he said, oh, he said, I want you to come over and play my festival. And uh, and uh, I said, oh, well, OK, he said, yeah, you know, we do about an hour and, you know, we can run through some of your songs and whatever. And uh, I thought well, I was uh, I thought I felt quite daunted by it, you know. I said, "Well, I've got to, I've got to front the band for an hour," <laughs> you know. <laughs> and uh, we did it, and uh, it it went so easily. And uh, um, I thought, you know, I, I should have done this. I should have done this so many years, uh, so many years before, you know. And uh, and I, uh, you know, I've been doing it ever since. Yeah, you know? yeah. You know, but, and still doing. A, a, occasional side man for other people too you know sure sure
0: now your nickname used to be Mr. Telecaster but it, it may as well be Mr. Music Man because you've been playing those guitars for so long when, when did your association die? uh
1: well I, I met uh, Ernie Ball and Sterling Ball in, in the early 70s when I was with Head and Feet they oh, okay. heard our they heard our country boy on the radio and uh they came came to see us play and uh and uh, they were quite tickled to discover that this ba- this new band that they were listening to were English, you know. So uh, uh, we became uh, great friends from there on, you know. And um, um, it was through uh, Sterling, his in- involvement with um, the Music Man Company, which was... Uh, run by Leo Fender and Tom Walker. Leo Fender designed the guitars and the basses and Tom Tom Walker designed the amps. Mm-hmm. That's how I got involved with Music Man and then uh, Leo went off on his own and started GNL. Yes,
0: yeah.
1: And uh um and then the you know the uh, Music Man name kind of they 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 were I I'm not sure exactly how it happened but they decided to uh Tom decided that he wanted to sell the company, and he and uh, so only bought 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 the Music Man name and retained Tom for a number of years. But uh, really, they didn't put any amps out on the market, and uh, I don't know why actually, because uh, they, they, I always loved their amps. I thought they were great amps. They were a little expensive, but. Uh, um, but all of, you know, there are a lot of expensive amps out there now. You know, but the first thing Sterling and his father wanted to do when they bought the Music Man name was uh, redesign a guitar. And I was there at, on the ground floor with that. You know, I gave my impressions of what I'd like in a guitar. And uh, first guitar they did was uh, the Silhouette, which I immediately started playing. Okay, and. Uh, and I loved it, you know. And I started leaving the the telly at home.
0: What What were some and, of the things uh, in that guitar that you were interested in uh, in incorporating to, as as a point of difference from the telly? Uh,
1: well, um, I, I took the silhouette out on the road with the Everly Brothers, and it the the, the the pickup setup was uh, just like a Strat, you know, three pickup and uh, you know five way switch, and uh, I, the guitar was so comfortable. You know, It's a, it's it looks like it's a short scale, but it just, uh, the way the it's designed, mm-hmm. um, it looks, you know, the whole gu- guitar is shorter than, the, than a Fender on most other guitars. And uh, yeah, so I immediately fell in love with them. And then um, Sterling had another design uh, that he was trying to, uh, get going at the at the trade shows, at the the NAM shows, and uh, the, I really liked the look of it. And uh, um, but it, they they decided not to do anything with it with it at the time because they had, they had limited production, and uh, of course they'd taken over the the production of the the, the big selling uh, music man bass that everybody oh, loved. Yeah, you know yeah. the Stingray. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, and then i i played one of their uh, guitars you know the, the prototypes and it was it was actually called the axis at the time and i played that for a number of years and uh, you know it wasn't available to the general public you know so when eventually they got the production up and uh, sterling approached me he said oh he said well i think we're going to put your guitar out you know do you want to make any changes to it or just have it as as you've been playing it you know so we we just left it as it was. Mm-hmm. It wasn't exactly the same because the prototype I had was all maple, okay. and uh, so the, the first ones they made and still make are ash body with a maple neck, you know. But since then they've they've come out with some different innovations, you know, like a double humbucker and a, a three P90 model and tremolo or without tremolo and. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I was I was really ha- really happy when it came out with my name, with my name on it, and uh, you know because they're, they're they're really cool guitars, and uh, you know a few people have uh, have have uh, been playing them over the years, which is pretty cool, you know.
0: Yeah, definitely. They seem to have been accepted by a lot of different styles of players too, like from rock players um, to country players, and and lots of points in between yeah. as well.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. But I suppose. You know that there are a lot of guys have country guys have uh, have picked up on them because they've heard me. You know, so yeah, sure. I guess you know. But it, but it, it is a versatile guitar. And then they they came to me and said, well, we're thinking about putting out uh, you know a double humbucker version. You know, what do you think? I said, well, you you guys know best. You know the market, and uh, they've been uh, they've been good sellers. You know, they're very popular yeah. and they're great great guitars. You know and they have got a rosewood rosewood neck too you know so it's a slightly different innovation mm-hmm. but i still like i still like the maple neck with the uh three single coils okay know. yeah
0: and is that uh is that the type yeah. you'll be bringing on your
1: uh, on your next tour uh yeah i'll probably bring one of those down too yeah
0: okay and what about amps do you yeah. use backline do you have um certain requirements when you when you're doing the festivals and and, and touring gigs well
1: you know um, I, I, I use uh, I stopped using the Music Man amps a while back even though I st- I still love them and uh, but they are they are like 30 years old those amps you know I've got a bunch of them you know? uh-huh. but um, yeah I got uh, someone suggested that I try the uh, Fender Tone Master and uh, I've ended up with like uh, three of those you know I've got one in England and uh, two of them in LA, and um, what I what I like to do with them is is cut a um, cut ports in the back of it, so it's an open back cabinet. Oh,
0: okay, yep.
1: And uh, which is, I got that idea from Eric actually, because when he when I started playing with him, he was he was playing uh, um, Music Man amps, like a, a big a large cabinet, open back. With just uh, two 12s in it, so it was it was like a, a twin amp, but with a much larger box. You okay. Know. Yeah. So uh, I started playing those for a while. You know, when when I was with Eric, I had some cabinets built. You know, but uh, yeah, now I'm I'm using these um, Tone Masters, and uh, uh, you know, I've cut the ports in the back, and uh, so that you know, it's got that open back feel to it. You know. But um, trying to locate some of those, you know, when I'm traveling around the world is a little difficult, you know. So I opt for the, the easy way out and uh, suggest I have a twin or two, you okay. know. Okay, yeah. So that that's probably what I'll be using in Australia when I come down. Sure, sure.
0: Yeah, it's good, good ubiquitous choice and uh, I'm sure you'll make uh, good use of it.
1: Yeah, well, when I, when I'm on the road in the states, yeah, so if I go, if I'm playing on the east coast of the states, you know, I can't bring my own stuff. So, sure, yeah. you know, they uh, supply twin amps, and I'm always happy with them.
0: Great stuff. And um, yeah. what does the rest of of 2018 hold for you? So, as we said, the your new album live at the Iridium was just released. You've got the Australian uh, tour. I see you touring in the states. Oh yeah,
1: again. well, well, we did. Yeah, that, that's not. Um, that new, actually, but they needed something to uh, to uh, promote while we were down there, you know. Oh, okay. And, uh, okay. So that that's, uh, but it gives a you know fair representation of what I, what I'm doing on stage now. You know?
0: All right, there you go, Albert Lee. That was our conversation. What an absolute gentleman an absolute legendary figure, bona fide legendary figure of the worldwide guitar community it was a real honor to talk to him now next week on the show we have an all-new interview with the amazing gil paris talking about his new signature model reverend guitar gil's been on the show a while ago and uh he's just such a great guitar player and a lovely fella to talk to as well so i'm really looking forward to that conversation and sharing it with you my great thanks to fretboard biology for sponsoring today's show please check out the links in the show notes and uh that would be fantastic well almost time for me to go my name is matt wakeling you have been listening to the guitar speak podcast and as the wonderful michael Schenker once told me keep rocking keep on rocking Keep on rocking indeed. All right. Thanks, guys. I'll catch you next time. Bye now.